the Muscle Nerd Podcast for everything powerlifting and sports sciences. So this is our first episode of the Muscle Nerd Podcast. I'm Gus Cook, head powerlifting coach of Lifters League, I'm also sports nutritionist and body recomp specialist. We're here uh, in Melbourne with our Pro Raw team, getting ready to compete at um, Pro Raw 10. The girls are on tomorrow. Pip, Bo, and Leone here. Um, if you introduce yourselves, Leone. So. Um Hi, I'm Leonie. Um, first time for me doing one of these, and I'm a strength coach at Lifters League. Work alongside Gus now for the last, well, probably three years as a client as well as strength coach. Um, this will be my first time coming to Melbourne ever, and first time ever being able to see these guys at Pro Raw, so pretty excited. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Learned how to use chopsticks. <laughs> Can our boys um, finish up a kingly prep? <laughs> Tell us how's your preps going? Uh, yeah. Introduce yourself. Probably been, uh, I'm Bo, um, just one of Gus's clients, competed at Pro Raw. Um, I work with Gus for about three years now too, and yeah, it's my first Pro Raw ever, so pretty excited. Can't wait to get there. Come a long way in a short amount of time. Yep, I'll cut the last bit up. <laughs> 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 or put in the bloopers. Yeah, so I'm Pip Brown, I'm Working as a strength coach at Lifters League, I've been a client of Gus's for about four to f- oh, coming on five years now. This will be my first pro raw. I've it's about my twelfth comp that I've done. <coughs> but yeah, pretty excited. Getting invited. Be a good day. Cool. Um, all right. So um, um, talk a bit about our prep. So we're gonna focus this podcast on prepping for uh, elite powerlifters. So I'll start with Pip. So we've had a interesting prep. So we'll, to start off, our prep start really start about six months ago, um, and the base of where we're all at now comes from what we do in the off season. And I think mostly for out of all of us, I think well, for Pip, there's been quite of quite a bit of hurdles. Let's list some of the hurdles we've had to go through. So we've had. So the most recent one, yeah, um, you had your SC joint. Yeah, it was a weird one. I, when I was squatting, I think we got up to my doubles at a hundred and no triples, hundred and eighty. And um, as I come up um, out of the hole, I just heard a pop in my neck. So I went and checked it out. I sublaxed the SC joint. It was a bit painful. A bit of a couldn't squat for two weeks. I think it was a doctor described as a freak freak accident it's not a it's not a normal injury no but um like all my other hurdles we put a plan to work around it yeah so what do we what did we end up doing we couldn't we couldn't get cortisone cortisone injections so we ended up just doing the minimum we need to do to peak because we're coming to the peak part of the program basically we heavily reduced the volume of work and just yeah. focused on Getting the feeling of some heavy weight on your back, with um, which was still quite difficult because I mean any sort of stability was aggravating your C joint. So I, think I did a few things where I was at least trying to hold the bar. Yeah. A few of them strapped you down. 
but yeah, straps, painkillers, any inflammatories, just to get like two more sessions out to, for my pick. I think what people, um, our listeners got to understand is that, you know, we got to get through, you always got to find a way to work around these injuries, and, and, and if you don't, if you decide to stop every time something comes up, I mean, no one will ever get to compete, I don't know any powerlifter that doesn't, or at this level, who doesn't sustain some sort of niggle or injury, and it's... Yep, though, she's a freak. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, what are some other... Yeah, I had a... Had the glute, um, so I had one oh, glute yeah, more active than the yeah. other, so to say. Um, so I think we were training in straps for a bit in our off season, just to get a bit more rep work in. Tested up to a 200, so it was like a 10 kilo PB. Yeah. Um, but then we had a strain in the glute. After talking to Dr. Locke about it, um, we worked out it was just what was it? One year glutes just yeah one just an extension I had one that was firing pretty hard the other one was pretty lazy so it just aggravated a bit of hip pain. It was only the tiniest imbalance. I mean when we watched the video. Something that was about like eighty five percent higher too. Yeah. Um, so it was the tiniest imbalance, and, and I mean like I said at this level, uh, the tiniest imbalances can be something that can turn into something quite dramatic and this is why you generally shouldn't for elite lifters shouldn't go maximal numbers because that was a maximal lift and it's the only time we the first time we sustained an injury in the prep um which is why it's not the best idea to work maximally for an elite level power lifter that's why we always try to work at least under 85 percent most of the time very submaximal um i've only ever found most strength is built around submaximal numbers especially for elite lifters when it comes to maximal there's just i've just there's noticed a more increase in injury you get injured there's no point in even training or competing you know we want to be able to do i'm sure sure there is a, a lot of benefits to doing your high rep heavy high intensity work and people get very strong with it especially a lot of our newer lifters like intermediate junior lifters but an elite lifter can't do that because the amount of load we're doing one thing we have to the main goal that i have in mind when i'm uh, prepping people is uh, for elite powerlifters is longevity and if we just don't have that longevity i mean pretty much just say goodbye to compete in it completely um so a few things what we do to correct that we had some exercises that we had to do or some exercises yeah i did go into to strengthen the extension in my left glute um, there's not much that I could do coming into the prep. It's more of an off-season focus. One thing I think we did we did do and that seemed to work is that we did more of a, as, mu- as bro science as it sounds, the whole mind-muscle connection, yeah. Yeah. where we thought about having a more active left glute, and it made a difference, didn't it? Yeah. It took the pain away, it took the strain away from the other side, um, giving a more balanced, I guess, extension. Yeah. Both sides, and that seemed to work. So, um, when it got pretty bad, what we do? What do we? So we what do we do? What we reduced it. We just had to do what I needed to do to peak. So yeah. Reduced it into um, speed deads and just focus on that lift. Yeah. So we did minimum. The minimum we need to do to peak. So what we did one heavy set, then we moved down to about fifty. We started about fifty percent for doubles. Fourteen yep. sets or something. Yep. Doubles, high speed, high velocity. We just try to work other aspects of, you know, um, of lifting. One of the skills of lifting is speed. So, you know, if you go very sub, very highly submaximal numbers, speed numbers, you're talking like sub 65%, you know, we get lifters to lift with as much velocity as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, someone who's actually really good at this. Well, Westside do it a lot. You see a lot of their high velocity training. Um, I like watching uh, Eric Lillybridge lifting. Yeah, he's Heatless with some speed. With some power. And that's the kind of lifting you want to do when you're doing, that's the kind of speed you want to work with if you're going to do some speed work. Um, good to focus on technique, good to focus on velocity, takes away the possible injuries from doing high intensity, some of the high intensity training. Mm. Um, what are some other hurdles? We had um, AC. We had AC as well, um, that was earlier in the beginning. Just <laughs> bring the list out. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it's a bit of a come and go. I've um, been working with Andrew with that one and I just have to keep up with my, those little annoying exercises. If I leave, leave them out, then it comes back. Um, but yeah, keeping on top of that, I, I ended up finishing my prep with the best shoulder health <laughs> yeah. that I had. I think we all have pretty good shoulders. I think we, we end up developing, myself at Lifters, I think we end up developing a standard protocol for shoulder health. I think I make everyone do it now, where yeah. it's three, two, all the main exercise, flutters, line external rotation and lap band pulls have seemed to be the three exercises that yeah. I think now should be compulsory. Um, we just have to progress a couple of those, hey? Yeah, that well, shoulders, it's such a small joint, I mean, the, the loads we've got to start doing, it's inevitable that your shoulders are going to hurt, so we mainly because of the imbalance you know we're working a single range a single a single movement so just bringing back the tiniest amount of balance can be enough to keep our shoulders mm -hmm. healthy um, yeah apart from that that's pretty it that's that all you in, was that all your injuries yeah most of the main ones back no oh, yeah we had a yeah what was that last prep um no i've got a work same thing we've got, really got on top of, that top of the back yeah. Um, no, it's pretty good at the moment. I'm feeling good now. Had a good deload. I think the key, so I think the key points to take away from this is that um, can't let injuries on eagles hold you back. And I see too too often people get the tiniest tiniest injury and feel the need to stop training. I think working with Andrew and you though, your problem solvers yeah. overcome a lot of these. There's always a way, and I think the way I think about it when it comes to programming is like, what's the effects are we trying to have on the body when coming to, into prep? All the, all the strength that's built in the off-season, it's all built through the volume, it's all built through the speed. When it comes to peak, it's just basically peaking the nervous system in a way that allows your body to express its maximal strength. No strength, I don't think any strength is built here, it's just expressing what we've already built. And so all we need to do, I found, almost you could peak with only about probably about three weeks three weeks of heavy load and you don't need much more than possibly a single set at a bare minimum now generally we do a little bit more to see if we can build a bit more strength with a bit extra volume but at a minimum what we did with pip single set working from 85 percent up to about 95 to 100 percent um and adding additional speed work all right um bow I think she's made weight for her bikini. Oh, oh just, I'm just, just, just over. Um, <laughs> what, 30 kilos? <laughs> yeah, better. Alright, um, so I think there's, we got some massive expectations for Bo. I mean, we first came into this thinking it'd be great to get a 600 total. But, I mean, we're feeling, I'm feeling, that we're going to have a 
600 total now open a deadlift so this has now opened up um, opened us up to possibly taking the podium or even winning um, I've taken I've, I've, I've taken girls into into pro roll before where we weren't the strongest but was the most tactical so you know we could win by being smarter but we don't know what's going to happen I mean there's so much competition it's very unpredictable and there are some big names who are some of the big names big name girls so you've got Cleo Van Freak um, <laughs> um, Kate. Kate Mitchell's in the 70s. She's under 75. Under 75s. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, Cheryl and Daniela. A couple yeah, of other girls. Which one's Daniela? Daniela, that's. She's from Sydney. She's a warrior at one point. Oh, yeah. What about the chick that I was working with? Um, or who was a different name back then, wasn't he? That's her. That's her? Is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, you, that's probably your main. But there's, that, there's also another chick. But I don't think she has a big bench. She was from South Melbourne, PDC South mm. Melbourne. Yeah, there's a couple of girls, so it'll be interesting. Personally, I think podium is going to happen. Placing, we'll do our best. But yeah, we're going to go. We're going this time, not just we're not going for 600, we're going to try and win. So we're going to pull whatever it takes in the third, second, third attempt to win. Bo does pretty good on the deadlift when it comes to. Get a bit of adrenaline lifting the weight, so I think. Just no back slaps. Well, there's another part where you know, different. There are different type of lifters who respond to you know physical, some sort of physical aggression. So you, call it, you, know, you got your people who like a good psych up myself. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> <laughs> a good smack around the back. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you got a lot of calm, calm lifters as well. More, I think internal focus. I mean, how would you describe it differently? I mean, I couldn't really relate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably just more focusing on the the task at hand. Probably more so than building up progression, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. She's very calm in nature, mm. so she's very uh, like coconut calm. So. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be really out of character to see her get angry and start yelling at the bar. <laughs> nah, I just like to visualise it more, I think, and um, visualise that, yeah, being successful, I think, is, yeah. being successful with the lift is what helps me. How much do you daydream about it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How much does she talk about Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. Probably too much. Every single day that we go to training, we train Monday, Wednesday, Friday with the team. Turn up, be like, oh, babe, look at this. Oh, I got a bench like 140 today. Like, yeah, 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 I, I know. <laughs> then the next day, oh, look, I have to, look what I have to squat today. Like, fuck, I know. <laughs> Every week. Just a little bit excited. <laughs> it's good. You need it. So well, I think it's a good extent on visualisation. I mean, I think this is huge in sports psychology. I mean, your input. No, I was just gonna say, I think it helps build confidence. Like, mm. if you can visually see yourself doing the lift, that's half the battle. If you can't visually see yourself doing the lift, then you're gonna walk into the bar already out of the lift already. Mm. That's mm. Um, yeah. You're very big on psychology, Leonie's forte. Yeah, <laughs> that's my forte. 
It is, it is important. I, 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 I've imagined myself every single movement right up until like getting choked up and walking to the bar. I, I, I think about, I, I, I visualised every single part of it, every time. And my heart starts racing. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm going to sh- in the shower thinking about this one, start punching the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I think what works for people is really individual too, because like you were talking about how Sarah's quite a calm person, you can't imagine her getting angry. Little Cynthia comes to mind with the back slap. Mm-hmm. She responds, she seems to respond well to that sort of G up, but she, yeah. and she's quite a calm, gentle person too. Yeah. She must have been beaten hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fall over before she gets yeah. to the bar and she's good. Yeah. Mexican. <laughs> Bloody Mexicans. <laughs> so, what happened to you, Leonie? We had you. We we bought you out here. Me, we don't have to talk about me. I think for me, I think for me, it's um, been a good learning experience. Um, so a little bit about my background. Um, when I started, so the whole idea of me being here today was to be competing in the Arnold's in bodybuilding. Um, I pulled out about three weeks before my first show which would have been earlier Feb, down Gold Coast, um, up in Gold Coast from here. Um, I realised a few things, so I sort of knew it, but at the same time it was reinforced that I think if you're going to do a comp prep, you have to be prepared that it takes priority, that it takes over everything. It has to take precedence, and you have to be able to have time to do all the little things that you need to do to execute your plan every day. Um, I think... I started cutting in May 2017, so I started about 27% body fat. Um, I think looking now back at it, I probably think maybe my plan of attack should have been prolonging my first comp and possibly just working on getting down to a good body fat percent. So say, I don't know, 15% even would have been would have been probably a, a, a goal. So from 27% to 15 and then now knowing what it takes to keep your body at a certain body fat percent. So maintaining something is actually probably a little bit harder than actually cutting down to that body weight. So it might've been good to get down to 15, spend a little bit of time at 15% before maybe looking at another comp and then starting like an actual sort of comp prep for a comp. Um, But it all comes in the learning. Um, So for me now, my weekend here is about sort of following these guys so I'm pretty excited to see these girls lift they're they're amazing in the gym phenomenal athletes so it'd be really, really cool to see it all come together um, and then for me I want to just sort of expose myself I guess to the bodybuilding side and see what figures come up on stage what shapes um, maybe hopefully a chance to rub shoulders with a few of them and see who they work with and how they've come in their comp prep and how many comp preps have done get a little bit of more insight into what what it's like to, I guess, make this more of a, 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 a I don't know, what do you call it? Be, be a proper bodybuilding athlete, if that's the best way to put it. But that's probably a little bit about where I've come from in that. I don't know if you want to. Tell me the beginning. The beginning, yeah. Yeah, well, as I said, very, 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 very new. Learning, learnt, learnt uh, yeah. a lot. Um, and I don't think. You learn a lot about your own body. Yeah. About what. And you might be the second time around, you'll know exactly a lot better what to do. Yeah, I think definitely next time, um, I don't like to say it because it makes me sound like I'm making excuses, but I definitely think 
like I said, the big thing for me was next time I pick a comp, I definitely need to make sure that every other little aspect in my life is pretty, um, not low key, but under control. Like there's no sort of no outside stresses. Yeah, as much as possible. Like it is life. Like you know, some of these people that come into comp now here at Melbourne, you know, they probably have a very similar bio to me. They've got kids. They've got jobs. They've got husbands. They've got all sorts of stuff going on. So. Um, it is part and parcel with what you do, but um, I think next time I, that's a big thing for me is making sure every other little egg in my basket is taken care of and that it's not necessarily needed like 100% of my focus and I can hopefully really just focus on a better comp prep. Um, what would be your plan for your next comp? Would you, would you take your time? I mean, I think we had a little bit of discussion about this, but take your time and maybe go for another 12, 12 month long-term approach to this again and come and kill um, it because we, we're reversing reversing at the moment getting a bit of a rebound but I actually think compared to a lot of other things I've yeah. seen you're doing a really good job of your rebound actually that that's been a bit of an eye-opener this weekend just seeing and already speaking to a couple of people um, I mean yeah I, I guess I feel like my, I feel like it's just I feel like a little bit out of control but if I look at the facts and the data I'm only, I'm still floating, I'm probably a couple of kilos heavier than where I was when I, when I finished comp prep. So in saying that, I feel like I'm out of control, but if I look at the data, it's not as bad as what it feels. Um, there's definitely a lot of mental challenges that come with coming out of comp prep. I, I, I honestly thought, going, I, I thought comp prep now, doing both sides, I think comp prep's a little bit easier. I think coming out of it is actually harder um mind you this is only my first time so i'm only speaking from a first time experience um but yeah there's a lot i think one thing to for sure is is probably keep checking in on the mental side of things like it's very easy for emotions and thought process to get pretty out of control in this time period and i guess it's been good having someone who can be like my coach garcy's pretty um like looks at facts and logic and data and stuff so sometimes it's good to know how you're feeling and, and what's going on emotionally but at the same time you've got to match it up with realistically and some logic and, and get a bit of rationale about it all so that's that's been good to sort of see does your thoughts and subjective thoughts and feelings follow along the lines of the objective measurements because you know you, get, you see all the time where you know you might be feeling one way when people, yeah. people say i start to feel fluffy but yeah. You know, we take two we take two measurements of body composition. We use an in-body scan, a bioimpedance analyzer, and then we also use skin, skin folds. And if you get two positive results, I mean, it's highly likely that everything's going good, but your emotions can be feeling something else. Yeah. And that's quite common or normal. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to have the subjectivity, but you also have to have objective numbers aligning with it. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing I've learned out this too is sort of knowing. I, I don't know if it's possible or not yet, but knowing sort of what class and, and what sort of shape and what, what you sort of want to go for now. Whereas when I first started, I think it was just a matter of let's just cut down and sort of see where this all takes us. But now it's a little bit, I have an idea of sort of what class I'd like to compete in, what sort of shape I'd like to be going for, or those sort of type of things. So that would definitely help, I think, a better plan for next comp prep as well. Cool. Um, all right. So another another guy we got competing. Um, he's not here. He's upstairs eating. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Kit. Talk about coping up time. 
um, Kit, yeah, he's like one of our one of our Islanders. He's about a hundred and eighty-seven kilos now. Um, sports model category. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty new to the team as well. Probably one of our newest yeah. assets. Yeah. Nielsen also definitely one of the probably close one of our strongest. Mm. Really um, cool guy. He smoked a 3.45 easily in the gym the other day. I mean, his best before that was at a capo comp getting 3.25. So in the gym, he's already gotten 20 kilo BB, and it was easy. Um, I never got to saw his bench, but he had some forearm problems coming in. He said he, st he still hit his last comp best of 2.20, um, and with a sore forearm, he said it felt all right, but too hard to tell how it feels with the pain he was getting his forearm. But I'm expecting him to do pretty well he's got a uh, bit harsh on the deadlift but like myself um, grip issues lockout issues but I think we've overcome a few things with his lifting De definitely generate a lot more speed of the floor with deadlifts so hopefully that'll carry over to his lockout a bit quicker but I can expect him to go close to if not hit 900 which would be a close to 100 kilo total 100 kilo PB total um, Biggest difference for him is that, you know, when he first came to see me, he made it so far with just doing the absolute minimum. I mean, he, when you think when he first came to me, he was saying he was doing two sets of each lift once a week, <laughs> coming into prep. And um, I mean, he's got, he's definitely, definitely, definitely gifted. Um, but, you know, I'm trying to add a bit more science to this and see if I can actually get him strong. And so far, it's paid off big time. Um, but we'll soon see. I guess a bit about my prep. Um, is uh, I think it's definitely one of my best preps since 2014. 2014 Nationals was my last good prep. And ever since then, every other prep's been pretty... I've never made it to the end of a prep. And this is the first time I've actually made it without s serious injuries. Um, I've had a bit of bit of history. I've had a bit of uh, chain of injuries since 2014, right from knees, pretty much every joint you can name. But that was also my stupidity. I did 13 comps back to back without a single off season for three years. Um, yeah, I was a bit stupid, but I got bloody strong. Um, came second, second in Australia, played second at Worlds. So you know, as stupid as it was, I still got bloody strong. Um, since it's been about three years, I don't know people know who I am anymore as much. Yeah, um, I don't think I've, I've never had the opportunity to see you compete, compete. Oh, it was so funny, I remember, uh, I think I was shocked one day. The when, comeback. Yeah. Oh, I mean, um, oh, I felt I was a bit more known back then. Um, I think it was the first time I kind of came to realisation and someone came to me, at, was at PTC, PTC Brisbane, so they come up to me and goes, oh, hi, I'm, I'm so-and-so, what's your name? So, <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know who I am. <laughs> but <laughs> no, it was um yeah, it was different. So I guess you just you know things. Sports growing. It's growing really quickly. I mean, when I first took it up, there was only ninety three competitors at nationals. We didn't pro roll was pretty small back then. I mean, there was I think it was up to pro roll four was the first one I watched. Pro roll six was the first one I competed in. So the Pro Roll 6, 7 and 8, I skipped 9, so this is my 4th one, my 4th Pro Roll. Um, Alright.
To submit Listen and Mail for questions to be answered on our podcast, then email me, gus at musclenerd.com.au. If you're interested in visiting our facility, Lifters League, or to get one-on-one coaching, programming, and nutrition plans from our team, then contact us via our website, www.liftersleague.com.au or email info at liftersleague.com.au and one of our staff will be in touch. Or if you're not a local, we have an in-house online coaching team where we all work together to get you to your performance and body composition goals. Simply visit my website www.musclenode.com.au or email me gus at musclenode.com.au and I will be in touch to see how we can help you. Topic of the day. The topic of the day, I think I covered a lot of things I wanted to, was programming for elite powerlifters. I think some of the main points I wanted to cover was you need an, you need an off-season. It's paid off for all of us. And strength is built in many layers. It starts with, you know, and, and it's neglected heavily by powerlifters, is, you know, hypertrophy. Hypertrophy training. So... Basically, we'll try and train like a bodybuilder. You know, to make constant growth, you need to have constant change in stimulus. And you can't just keep doing powerlifting. Yes, it's important to do it. You know, it's important to learn the skill. And if 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 your foundation, so if you get a lot of new lifters in, uh, a newer lifter, yes, technique is there. Lacking is what's lacking. For an elite lifter, we have pretty good skill. So the foundations are what the the foundation is we're trying to build is high high variability balance and general muscular hypertrophy so we try to introduce other movements to keep some sort of balance and the off season is the best time to try and correct these to try and correct these weaknesses if you're wondering what that sound was that was both getting <laughs> she's fading away oh, Chris Barnes. um can't go an hour <laughs> When I write the prep coming in, so we go look at off season. We look at high variability, and then we become as we come closer and closer to prep. And this will start about six months out. In general, we'll do things that will cause minimal injury, or we'll just uh, we'll train for balance, and we'll do that right up until about twelve weeks out. After from twelve weeks, we start to come into more higher specificity. So, first block is basically introducing movements that help help. Um, correct any possible weaknesses that we're going to encounter. We move back or to competition style lifting, meaning no straps, back into wraps, um, etc. Because any of the weaknesses you're trying to do, like saying lifting in sleeves, should have been done in the off season. So planning for longevity, I think the biggest thing when it comes to planning for longevity, especially the more competitive and elite you become, is that becomes a huge focus on injury prevention. And, you know, I don't tend to work with higher reps with your uh, more uh, elite powerlifters, mainly, not mainly because it doesn't have any relevance to strength, but more so to prevent injury. Um, the risk of injury going from a triple to doing tens starts to increase. And if you keep doing tens over and over again, you just a slightly elevated risk over time, especially over, you know, 12 to 20 week prep. Um, will will eventually affect you. Um, 
and so those are some of the things I sacrifice. Some of the, those are some of the things I, I uh, focus on to try and prevent prevent injury. So what are some of the other things I do to prevent injury? Um, <coughs> a lot of prehab. Heaps of prehab. Lots of prehab. Um, probably spending twenty, at least twenty minutes, at least twenty, at least at least twenty minutes of um, injury prevention movements. Um, the accessories we focus on close and close to, be, to prep become minimal and only focus on maintaining balance. So, as a simple one is, you know, and, and people, and maybe a lot of balloters would disagree, but arms are still very important to do at least once a week. Does that do yours? No. <laughs> <laughs> minimal. Um, so, I'll still throw them there once a week to once a fortnight, um, and that helps a lot tremendously with elbow pain um, or the bicep pain that people get um, especially in the bench to try and stabilize um, shoulders size on the shoulders um, variation variations in shoulder movements to keep the shoulders healthy and strong especially with benching benching squatting and squatting um, deadlifts and bench still require a lot of back movement we want to try and do as much pulling movements as we do pressing yeah, it's pretty hard, especially if we're going to do you know, 20, 30 sets a week of benching to do 20, 30 sets of pulling, but at least every session we'll try and get some sort of mm. pulling or rowing movement in there. Um, but 80% of our volume, 78, 70% of our volume, I would say, is focused on just on the main list, the skill of lifting. Um, uh, we always work sub-maximal. Again, help prevent injury and it enables you to increase the volume. Oh, hamstring cramp. <laughs> oh, I have not had salt since I've been here. Uh, <laughs> 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 okay, what was I saying? Um, yeah, so Maxwell, so gets allows us to work with um, a lot higher volume. You know, the amount of, you know, compared to working at 90% to 80%, I found you could do up to you know 25 to 35 total reps per session, compared to 90%, which you'd be lucky to get out. You know six to nine reps. Um, you only get a lot more out of doing you know 35 total reps at 80% than you would at 90%. Plus 90% more risk of injury, more technical breakdown. You know more risk of technical breakdown. You know there's the more likelihood of getting injured. Other thing on that, what's recovery like on those sort of type of sets as opposed to what you were saying before? It's a lot faster at 80% than it is 90%. You know, you're able to follow that up by a second squat session and a deadlift session a day or two later. Benefit. Um, 90%, as you would have felt when we come into our peak, is feeling pretty gassed pretty quick. So mm -hmm. the follow-up session of the second squat session became pretty Shit. tough. Um, and that's even with a lower volume and such yeah, a higher percentage too. That's directly measuring comparing intensity to to volume. Um, you're going to get a lot stronger being able to get more volume in. Mm. Strength is only built through volume mm. and you know, te volume, technique, velocity, which isn't achieved at your super maximal numbers. What was that when you said, what percentage was when your velocity can start to slow down? Remember that in your yeah, workshop? Yeah, I think the velocity about. curve is about 80-85% mm. um, where you've got maximal, maximal tension. Yeah. Um, so it's at the highest intramuscular tension, yeah. which is there, and then after that to the diminishing, to diminishing return. Food, um, food is yeah. definitely a lot different for 
you guys than it is for some of my lifters going to the States. Definitely a lot higher calories. Um, I, I, I think a limitation in people's and and people and a lot of lifters progression comes down to you know, lack of lack of food or scared of eating enough food. Mm. Um, and you'll see all the top lifters eating quite, exception to a few, but most of the top lifters are eating a lot, and they understand food. Um, it becomes more of a life obsession to eat, rather than it is just to train. Yeah, eating eating is the hardest part. <laughs> yeah. I've definitely had difficulty this prep, trying to eat. As I've gotten heavier and heavier, I think I've just found it harder and harder to eat. And it's just the body's homeostatic response yeah, to weight gain. Yeah. Well, I think I'll I think we'll leave it there. There's a lot of information there. It's pretty long, so I think we'll do a recap episode in a week. If you want more content, find our blog at www.liftersleague.com.au and read from our contributing authors. Or find my personal blog at www.musclenerd.com.au To see more into what we do, follow me and my team on social media for Facebook and Instagram. For me, search at musclenerd. For Lifters League, search at Lifters League. For Pip, search at Pip Brown. For Leone, search at Switchblade21. Thank you.